Jesus, the Savior of the whole world. Everybody's included in his plan of salvation if they will only hear and receive. So we thank you, Lord, that we have heard and we have received and continue to receive the manifold blessings of God. And we thank you for our place here today. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. So has everybody recovered? No. <laughs> I am recovering from, <laughs> amen, from the, the whole week, I guess, of um, celebration. But it's for the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> when you give, you represent God like you never, never are able to any other way. So uh, to be like the Father is to be a giver and to be one who shows love and enjoys the things of God, enjoys the birth of Christ, celebrating the birth of Christ and, uh, you know, all of the things that are tied up in Christmas. You know, the, the haters always say, uh, uh, you know, well, it's his birthday. I said, yeah, and he wants us to celebrate. I said, you came to my house on my birthday and I was supposed to be celebrating. What would you expect? Amen. You expect joy, rejoicing, food, gifts, everything that a celebration really is. So, yeah, so we, we love celebrating. We don't make any excuses for exchanging gifts and, and, uh, all of the things that we do and, Eating too much, getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> he keeps us all together. Amen. Amen. Love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. So, so we'll get into the word today. We're talking about faith. Oh, unwavering faith. Well. Yes, so, amen. So we, that's what we want, amen. We want to live by faith and, and, uh, please God with our faith and have the kind of faith that does not waver, amen. Just, and faith really is, is a spiritual force that has no wavering in it. See, it's a forward moving, aggressive force and it never quits. And so this is why we can have unwavering faith, not because of us, but because of, of what faith is. Amen. And, and the nature of God's faith. And so, uh, it's an unrelenting force in the earth. It's always active and it rides on the words of God. So, uh, it's a good thing to understand as much as we can about faith. If, if something isn't moving, at the speed we think it should move, we can't blame faith. There's nothing wrong with faith. There's nothing wrong with the faith of the Son of God. And so we have to to undertake then to understand what it is um, other than faith that might be, uh, uh, I wouldn't even say a problem. It's sometimes we just need to make minor adjustments. Sometimes we need to add patience to our faith. Because that's very important to have the other virtues and the other fruit of the Spirit uh, to help our faith to accomplish everything it, it set out to accomplish. Uh, and so faith, it, it's easy for faith to, to kind of be stopped, hindered, and extinguished by opposing forces. Because faith will, will kind of come to a standstill sometimes waiting for other virtues to come and help it get plow through. And so all of the, 
the forces of, of the Holy Spirit are necessary uh, to get us to our our destination. You see, it's not just faith by itself, but it's faith with patience that helps us to inherit the promises. Add to your faith virtue that is a strength, that a resilience that kind of digs down deeper and wants to push again when it meets opposition because faith will be opposed once you begin to exercise it. Amen. The enemy sees you going forward in God and he just begins to lay traps and see he's pretty patient sometimes to see if he can corral you over in his corner so that he can uh, stop your faith from going forth. See, it's the forces of God's kingdom that the enemy is trying to stop. It's not you. So don't take it personal. He'd do that to anybody. Amen. Uh, you can't be too smart for him to try to challenge you. You can't be too slick. You know, you can't be too cute. You can't be too anything for him to, to jump you because he's after what you carry. He's after what God placed in your life. He's after stopping the kingdom from advancing. Uh, because it's, it's very important for us to understand spiritual structure and spiritual forces, um, to understand how Jesus was so opposed when he came here it's like man he came to rescue these people didn't they see well if the enemy had you blinded you wouldn't be so quick to want to understand everything or able to understand anything about this the realm of the spirit anyway um, these are forces that hold people's minds hostage even when the people think they're having a good time or think they're intelligent or think they're smart or think they're going to accomplish some things um, God's kingdom stands in opposition to that at all times and what God is looking for is you know who will we send who will go for us he's looking for somebody to say here am I Lord send me and see in our deliriousness when our sins are forgiven and we're cleansed and we're brand new we think oh God I'll do anything for you he said good book it Danos you know sign her up and so then when all hell breaks you loose, you wonder, well, did I do something wrong? No, you gave your heart to Christ and he heard you vow to serve him. So you're booked. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? You, you got a ticket on this plane now. Amen. And so this is how the kingdom advances. It advances through love. You know, when you love somebody, you promise them some everything, you know. Poppy, you still thinking about it? Or are you going to kick in with the... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, that's right. That's it. President accounted for. Amen. That's, that's a good one. But, but you know, you do. Because you open your heart to that person and you feel love and you feel... And then when you walk away and you think about, what did I just say? You know, whatever. But, you know, uh, but... but that is the response of love. It, it's all in, all the time, on all things, amen, and, and not reserving anything uh, or, or withholding anything uh, from that person that you're expressing love to. And so it's, it's a common thing for us to um, vow certain things to God out of the purity of our hearts. 
you know, our desire, gosh, I can't, what can I do to repay you? I can't do anything. But, but take what, what I am and make me what you want me to make me or, or give me to do what you want me to do. And I'll do it. And so, and this is, this is how people get recruited into God's army. It's just a, it's a love thing where we understand his great love for us and we want to reciprocate and, and live a life loving him. And so we're giving these, these challenging things to do for God, you know? Uh, you know, when we first formed this ministry, it took me a while to understand, you know, they were fighting God and not fighting me. You know, you got to move you out of the way and, and understand that God has given you something to do for him and he's given you his power to accomplish it with and it's that power that they're trying to stop. Amen. The same power that we love that, that shows up at the meetings that we just bask in and, and revel in and all of that, the enemy hates and the people that the enemy is convinced to hate God hate it too. So, you know, it's going to be that way, but, but God has given us every help that we need to continue to press in and press forward and go through so that we won't be lacking in anything. And, and the enemy is relentless. You got me, but God is even more so Amen. He's more powerful in his relentlessness. And so when we, when we start putting our placing ourselves in, um, I would say the the God's worldview, not ours. Our little world is so small. What we eat, drink, wear, what we put on, does it have a label, you know, a designer label in it, and, you know, all that kind of stuff that we think is so important. And then God's worldview is I've got a kid here that I can place my power on, and they can take a nation. They can take a city. Amen. They can take, they can rule the world. Just like Samson went into Gaza, which was enemy territory, and he stayed longer than he was supposed to stay. Now here's a man in sin, but he's been chosen by God, and he gets up from a bed of fornication, no doubt, and the power of God comes on him, and the city gates are locked, and he just takes, picks the gates up and carries them right off, and you know, if that don't bless you, I don't know what else would. You understand what I'm saying? Now he's, he's not being obedient to God, but yet he has the power to take a city. Think what us little obedient folk could do. You got me? See, we, we rule in these places. You know, you, you gotta understand that in God. You gotta get that from God. That you're not just here to to do a little worship and do a little praise, but you're here to represent him and take over what the enemy's trying to take from God. The enemy doesn't own anything. He's not legitimately entitled to anything. He's a trespasser, a liar, and a thief, and a murderer. And so God puts the holy people in the earth to stop all that. You stop it with your faith. Amen? So we have authority, folks, and we have power. All you got to do is get somewhere where you can learn how to use it. This is the problem with the body of Christ. They don't sit and learn anything long enough to get it. What we get is a few phrases. We get a few catchphrases and jargons and maybe half of a prophecy. And most of that ain't accurate. 
And it's just a, a, a goody goody, a goody goody saying that we trying to receive and have no power to bring it to pass. Come on now. So you gotta take this seriously. You gotta hunker down and start to learn some things about warfare, about who you are, about your real position. Cause the enemy can keep you in dark as to who you are. It'll never manifest in the earth. Amen. So you, you kind of got to dig in and understand this is about more than than your bills and your your kids' education and your good job and, and on your retirement. It's about taking the world for Christ. This is what it is. And if it seems far-fetched to you, you know, meditate in a little bit more. God will start showing you a little bit more. He'll start showing you your part. He'll start showing you how that works. He'll start showing you that you can subdue nations. Amen. So all of these things we do by our faith. Amen. And letting God direct that. It's his faith. Amen. Number one. So he should have authority and control over it. Let him direct your faith where he needs it to go. Amen. Where he wants it to go. So, so we, we need to, we need to understand that we need to do that. So we're going to talk about faith that doesn't waver. It just keeps plowing forward. Amen. And, and that's, that's what faith is meant to do. So, um, let me see. Where do I want to start? I'm going to go to Hebrews 1. Might as well start there. Give us a, a good foundation. Um, you know, the disciples asked, asked Jesus to do something for them. In Luke 7, you don't have to go there, 5 and 6, He they said, Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. Now, you got to understand, they were in a different dispensation, but the principles remain the same. For how faith gets increased. While we turn there real quickly, we go to Luke. I think, what did I say? It might be 17. We'll see. This is some old stuff in here. I can't believe how long ago I wrote these notes. Is it 17? Okay. Okay, alright, 17, 5 and 6. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And he said, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you might say to this tree, be plucked up by the root and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. It will obey you. So what Jesus is saying when they said increase our faith, and they're saying, He's telling them how to increase it. But what he does tell them is that it starts as a seed. In other words, he it identifies with him. He says, I realize it seems small to you now. But there will come a season in your life where you be able to say, even with the small faith that you have. So you're not waiting on your faith to build up to be real big in order to pray the prayer you need to pray. Or to say what you need to say. What you need to do is take your faith at the level it's at now and, and plant it. Amen. Consider, always consider it a seed. I don't care how small the devil, you know, the devil tell you all kind of lies about, he don't know nothing about faith. So why is he dipping over in your business? And that's true for a lot of your so-called spiritual friends too. 
You understand that they all know nothing about nothing. So, amen. Go to the Word. That's your best source for whatever it is that you need. So he says, Lord, they say, Lord, increase our faith. He said, if you had faith as a seed, you would say. So you increase it by saying. Amen. That's the first place you use your faith is to say it. Why do you need to say it? Because his word begins to light your path. You've got to have a lighted walkway to, to navigate on. And until you start to agree with God and to say what he says about your situation, your path will not be lighted. You will have the same steps that you've been taking until you take the word up and begin to obey God with the word by saying. So you you begin to say, I, I receive my healing. By his stripes I am healed. I am prosperous. God, the curse of poverty is broken. I have a good job and a permanent job. I'm secure in it with an excellent salary. Amen? So begin to say the things God would say about you and say the things that you want to see happen. Amen? Don't say anything discount, cut rate, slip slip shot, or second rate. God doesn't give us anything that's second second rate. Amen? Now, sometimes we wind up getting it because we get a little faint. You know, you say, well, I, I guess I'll go ahead and take this. But what you ask for is right around the corner at the next, you know what I'm saying? But we get it. We'll get it at some point. Even if you don't feel you have the faith to receive it now, if you keep, if you stay in faith and don't let your results discourage you, then you will get that thing, the, the perfect thing that you were asking God for. Why? Because it grows. Your faith actually grows. Because Jesus said if you plant it, what can a seed do to remove a mountain? Nothing in seed form, but when it grows into a tree, that mountain will split in half just so that tree can come up through it. You got me? So if you plant your faith, don't... See, where the enemy likes to discourage us is at the baby stage. He don't care if he kill a baby. He does it. He's been doing it. Do you read your Bible? You see he's a baby killer from the beginning. You got me? So he don't care nothing about that. And so he will kill your dream in the in the planning stage, in the infancy stage, in the stage before it's actually birthed out by faith. He'll he'll try to kill it then. He jump all over it. And you think to yourself, well, all I wanted to do was ask God to pay my bills. What harm did I do? Every harm, because the power that you're using to get it done. It doesn't matter the size of your answer. That's why the size of your your request doesn't move God either. He's not scared by you wanting big stuff. Amen. He gets you big stuff. He could care less. Amen. In heavens they got diamonds falling all over everywhere. You got me? He don't care nothing about that. And then we think it's such a big deal, you know, and been wanting it all our lives. You know, start start thanking him for it. Amen. And and it'll come to you. Amen. My, my late husband had what I would call mustard seed faith. He was newly saved. But he was able to believe God for a diamond ring for his wife because he didn't want me sweating him no more. 
I'm not going to ask Poppy. He already gave his okay to that one. But see, a man will get up and do something just because they don't want you to sweat them for it no more. They'll get real spiritual with God. I said, you can mean, you mean you can, you was able to do all this, all this time. <laughs> yeah, they have a special relationship with him. Amen. <laughs> so it's all good. Yep. So, but, but the thing of it is, we, we need to start understanding that faith has to be put to use. It cannot just sit. You can't afford to sit and wish for stuff. Or wish you had stuff, or or you know, wishing is wanting. Wanting is lack. So if you want something, that means you lack it. But if you love God, know God, have a covenant with God, you don't lack anything. So you start thanking Him for it. You have no lack. You have abundance. Thank Him for the abundance that you have. Amen. And and so we got to flip this around. You got to let your faith start talking for you. You gotta let it start being what God wants it to be. So to increase your faith by using it. Amen. Faith increases by saying what you want to see happen, not what is currently going on. Amen. God knows what you don't have. You don't have a lot of stuff in your possession right now. There's a reason for that. Many reasons. Number one, it comes through inheritance. It's not time. It's not the season for it. And the other thing is God will not encourage greed and waste in his children. Many things, if we got them today, we throw them in the closet just like we do everything else we get. It's it's new and wonderful when you first get it. And then after you get used to seeing it, You know, it's good to keep some things invisible. Hmm? <laughs> All the men are silent. See, they, they don't want to indict themselves. But we know y'all got it. Ain't no secret. Uh, at one time I heard my husband spouting off the one of somebody. I don't know what his buddies, what his friends are. I don't give nobody all my money. I said, oh, you got some more? I don't know about <laughs> See, I'm, my head is full of possibilities all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but um, we need to understand how faith is able to increase. It is ever increasing. Amen. It is always increasing in us, in the earth. And and what God expects us as believers to do is be faithful with our faith. Amen. Just be faithful to use it whenever we have an opportunity to. Be faithful to use your faith on everything. Don't ever assume that, well, you know, I can. it's easy for me to go get this. And that will become a habit after a while. And your faith will be dormant and not really doing what God wants it to do for your life. And so uh, many times we pass up opportunities to use our faith. You know, sometimes when I say use your faith, just stop and meditate and put it before God. Now, God, could you do this for me? I'm, I'm looking for this to happen or I need this or need that. And, and just lead me to it, direct me to it. And, you know, and start thanking him for it. And your faith will stay strong. It'll start, it'll stay, uh, sharp, trigger ready 
all those things that we need our faith to be in order for us to function uh, in, you know, in successfully in the earth. And so, um, God wants us to understand as much as we can about faith. So we said it increases by saying what you want to see happen, not what's going on. God already knows the devil's blocking you from getting pretty much anything you need down here. So he knows what's going on. But he wants you to see beyond that and see what he has promised for you and what he is doing. So God, you have to talk in God's language. Amen. He quickens the dead by calling things that be not as though they are. Amen. So that's heaven's language. So you begin to say, God, I thank you for my new this, or I thank you for my upgraded that, or I thank you for my better this, or, you know, whatever it is that you desire. Um, You need to understand that Jesus called Lazarus forth while he was still in the tomb. The man with the withered hand, he instructed him to bend, to open that hand up. Amen. So those dead things, he speaks to them as though they are alive. Amen. When you tell somebody whose hand can't move to open it up, you must be speaking life to that. Amen. So you call those things that be not as though they are. Amen. He never told the man, he said, can you open your hand? Amen. He spoke life to it and commanded it to open up. See, there's a big difference there. So the faith of God speaks life to things, commands things, calls them as that be not as though they are. And they will happen. And happen quickly. Amen. You know, I remember the day when uh Josh Dillard was at the altar up here. And it said he, he wanted to be a coach and we declared him coach. Well, within the year he was in that position or not much long after that. Do you understand? So the desire was there. The path was set. All we had to do was agree that it would come to life and it came to life. You see? So, so you don't take somebody's dream and put it on, on, uh, uh, Put it in the crock pot, the slow warmer. You know, we want we want instant things. We want immediate things because that 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 um, idea, that ability, all of that is in in him already. You see what I'm saying? If he's if he sees himself that way, then we need to strengthen that and call that and help him to bring. That's the purpose of the church. You know, it's not to tell somebody, well, you gotta wait a few years. You don't go there. Please don't go there. Cause you don't know what, what it takes for somebody. You don't step on somebody's dream by putting it in the crock pot. Huh? You know, you, you speak life to things. Amen? By faith. Amen. So, you know, you ain't got to get out there and do all them push-ups and sit-ups and stuff. It ain't costing you nothing. I was thinking to myself, I said, he got to be out there with the rest of them. You know what I'm saying? So, this ain't no easy job right here. So, the least we can do is is help him bring it to life. See, that's the body of Christ. You help bring things to life and not stand in the way of them. So, that's what Jesus did with Lazarus. He spoke life to him while he was in the tomb. Amen. 
Amen. And and he came out. Nobody said he smelled bad when he came out. I didn't hear no complaints about nothing. See, that's the way it is when your dream comes forth. You don't have no complaints about it. You're just thankful it's here. Amen. And 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 just enjoy it. God wants us to enjoy life. Amen. So God's word is life. He told Mary that. Martha. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. So I bring all of that with me when I show up. Amen. So you don't have to ask God for every little thing and every little nitpicky. He knows your heart. He knows what's in your heart to have to make your life complete. And he, that's why he says, I do exceeding and abundantly. He said, you ask me for stuff. He said, I put the, the, uh, cherry on the top of the Sunday. I'm the whipped cream on your latte. You understand what I'm saying? Whatever it is. With too much sugar in it anyway. That's alright. He'll, he'll add to our life. He adds to our dreams all the time. So Lazarus came forth as Jesus spoke to him. Amen. So your dream will come forth as God speaks it to you. He just wants you to hold on to your faith for it. Amen. Keep believing. Amen. So we have access to faith. And into God's grace and His glory. So, so God has, through His blood, and we, He has given us access to all of those things, everything we need that pertains to life and to godliness. So, so, um, in, uh, Hebrews chapter one, these are some, some important points I think about faith that, that we need to go into a little bit. So that you'll understand your faith better, understand what God has for you, because this is the thing the enemy doesn't want you to do, is understand how the kingdom works, how to put your faith in operation, all of that. So Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So anything that has substance and evidence is obvious. It's perceivable. It's something that you can know is there. So faith isn't like an invisible mystery that it's some kind of little ethereal vapor that comes and goes. It's something that the person who has it knows what they have. And, and it's, and this is because you, you can focus in on spiritual things. You can pay attention to spiritual things. And that's really what God is telling us here. If you pay attention to spiritual things, you'll understand this about faith, that there is substance to it and there's evidence to it. Evidence is something that's obvious, that's perceptible, that won't go away. Amen? It's like, uh, uh, I'm always shocked at some of the uh, evidence that they collect from crime scenes and then they'll go 30 years later and find out a blood sample is still enough, got enough life in it. Amen. Life is in the blood and it never goes away. Amen. Uh, it's perceptible and there's enough, uh, DNA and, and different blood typing, all that kind of stuff in it, protein in it, to be able to analyze it. So when when they collect evidence, it, and I asked them, oh yeah, I asked Pam, remember Pam Henderson? I asked her one time, I said, well, when do they throw away evidence? She said, after the crime is solved. So they keep it until, 
Amen. And, and so there's evidence of every crime that they've ever collected in just waiting for people, you know, put the noose around their neck. Amen. And so our faith is evidence. It's eternal evidence of the things that we are praying for, believing God for, things that we hope for, and things that are not yet seen. So if there's evidence of something that's not yet seen, that means that you will see it one day. Amen. So once you start to to operate in faith and you put your faith marker down on that thing that you want, that thing never moves. It's there until you claim it again for yourself. Until you realize God is really going to do this. He didn't forget about me. I didn't get disqualified because of the last wrong thing I did. Amen. Listen, we're all stumbling around in darkness to a, to some degree. You understand? I mean, that doesn't make the darkness okay. We're working on it though. Amen. So we're working on the light. We're, we're acquiring more light. God help me to see this now. I'm, I'm almost like this close to it and I want to see the whole thing. Amen. I want to see my healing manifest 100%. I want to see myself get off these crazy pills. I want to see myself. Amen. Doing all the things that, that God wants us to do. By his power, amen, Uh, just his word only, by his word and his power. So faith is a spiritual substance that makes the unseen seen, amen. It's, if faith is of a a, um, necessary building block to our promises, to our visions, to our prayers, to our hopes, and to our dreams. Amen? So if faith is your basic spiritual building block for all needs, everything. So so you need faith. Amen? You need it. You need it. You need to learn how to use it. This is not the lesson to skip over in the Bible. You know, how we <laughs> you went to school and with certain stuff, eh, I don't like that, I skipped that, I, I can still get a C. I don't want to offend anybody, but uh, you know what I'm saying. We, <clears throat> certain things we just just don't feel it's worth the effort, but this is, amen. This is something that's worth the effort because it's already started in you. When you receive Christ, saving faith came into your heart, amen, and and that it builds from that understanding of salvation. Now you go on to believe your faith will work for other things that you need in life. Amen. In verse 2, it says, For by it, by faith, the elders, the ones we read about in the Bible, obtained a good report. So by your faith, you will get a good report about your health, about your finances, about your family, about your family's health, about um, um, your pursuit of knowledge, your pursuit of, of, you know, things that you really want to do in life, things you hold dear, uh, investments, retirement, all of that kind of stuff. By faith, you'll get a good report about all of those things. So always look for God's guidance in whatever it is you're doing. Amen. Whatever your endeavor, you've got to have God's leadership and his guidance in those things so that they will will turn out well. Amen. 
um, and 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 it it'll it'll work it'll work for you. It works in everything, every single thing. Um, I, I, I'm gonna share something. I don't I don't talk about money and what I have, and you know, unless God opens the door for me to do that. But but when my husband passed away, um, my income dropped ninety percent. Ninety percent. You understand what I'm saying? So I was living off the tithe. So I got an idea of what God thinks of when we, when we slip our little bit, in the, <laughs> and then we don't want to get that all the time. You know what I'm saying? Just, but anyway, um, but I began to pray, and I said, "Well, God," I, but He had left. We had put away money for His for our mutual retirement. He retired early. You know, to heaven. And so I had money in lump sums, but I didn't know how long it was going to last. You know, you, you start living out what, what you saved. And I was, this was 20 years ago, folks. And I knew God did not want me to get a secular job. You understand what I'm saying? You make one wrong move on a job when you're anointed to do something for God and you're fired immediately. You open your mouth with the wrong person at the wrong so I knew I was going, it was just going to, I wasn't going there. It was, you know, and you, with my reputation, you know, you tell somebody you've been out of the workforce for 20 years, then they look at your mental health history and find out you've been in a nut house. I mean, how many people, you know, you don't look like a real good prospect for employment in the world. You understand? And so I, I had no desire to go back. I knew what God had called me to do, but I just needed to know how he was going to take care of me. And so uh, he told me to find, a. Um, actually, this gentleman had been uh, separated from a company we had had. We, he had his IRA involved, invested with this company, and he had quit working for them. While we were still clients when my husband was alive and the Lord reminded me of him and he said, I want you to find him and turn your, your money over to him to manage and invest for you. And I didn't even have a working phone number for him anymore. I taught, I tried for several days. Then none of the phone numbers worked. It was in the company he worked for. They don't tell you when, what people do, where they go because they're dealing with money. They don't tell you anything. And so when I did, I had to get a private investigator to find him. And so when I did, this man find, found him, gave me a number. He said, if that doesn't work, let me know. I can look further. And so I found him. And he wasn't employed. He was kind of working on his own. And I'm saying, you're not with a company anymore? He said, no, I'm kind of working on my own. I thought, God, are you telling me the truth here? It didn't look like the right thing to do. And I was nervous and had doubts the whole time, but I did. I turned everything over to him under God's authority and control. And I'm telling you, the net worth that I had when my husband died is the same today. Do you understand me? I lost nothing. And I had to live. I had to constantly draw from that money just to supplement you know, living off 10% for many years. I was too young for Social Security. I was too young for a lot of these things you get when you're older. His retirement I could get because, you know, it's it's a severance thing. But that's that wasn't much. That was like the 10% 
that I had coming in. But I never lacked anything. Everything I asked God if I should do this and, and do this and God I want to do that was granted to me. But God has shown me over the years the right decisions when you ask him into your life and certain decisions to make. He can show you over a 20-year period how that was the right decision to make. And he doesn't want us to lack. He'll make sure that we get what we need and we're stable and we're secure in life. I don't care who leaves your life. He'll take care of you. You'll be stable. You'll be secure. You won't lack anything. You won't want for anything. You know, if I wanted to buy gifts for people, I, he afforded me money to do that. If I, you know, you don't have to live like some little pauper somewhere who's got to pinch pennies all the time. You know, not that I live extravagantly, but you know, you, you, there are certain things on your heart you want to do to make your life happy. And God takes care of those things. He doesn't care about all that stuff. You know, he's not a penny pincher at all. But you gotta obey him, you gotta seek him, you gotta know what to do. But he has enabled me to be able to live the same way I would have lived had I had a living husband. And I thank God for that. Amen. And he will do the same for you. Do the same for you. So don't ever doubt his leading. When he puts something, somebody in your life to help you, he's guiding those people. He's directing those people. He's helping them to make right decisions. So we just thank God for that. But he's a faithful God. He, you trust him, he's faithful. And I have not had to work a, a job <laughs> in the secular world, praise God. I wouldn't know where to fit in or where to go, you know. If I tried to go back, Nursing, they, I, they, I'd hurt somebody. Just, <laughs> I said, don't y'all come in here now. God's working on them. You know what I'm saying? You can't do that in other people's stuff, but you know what I'm <laughs> Get in big trouble out there. So, but, but anyway, so you obtain a good report. So, so God allowed me to have a good report about my finances. Amen. And, and so that, and he says also, uh, in verse 3, through faith, you get understanding. This is why your your sinner friends or your religious friends keep asking stupid questions that you think should be obvious to anybody who knows God. Because they're not applying faith to their questioning. I must say it again. They're not applying faith to their questioning. They're coming at God with a carnal, you know, they're approaching him in a carnal way. Well, if God is, if he loves everybody so much, why this? They'll never get an answer to that. See, you won't get understanding without applying faith. Or, you know, or they might say, I just like the way you talk. I like something about you. Tell me more about where you go to church. What, you know, all that kind of stuff. They want to see those are faith questions. So they'll be able to get some response from God. But no understanding will come to a carnal mind. It's the enemy of God. And it's never at peace with God. Always wants to fight. Question stuff. How would you get this? Where did this come from? And you know that kind of stuff. And so by faith we understand certain things. 
Number one, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That's the basic thing you've got to understand about God, that he formed the worlds. So that things that are seen were not made from things that do appear. So the visible did not come from the visible. It came from the invisible. So the Big Bang people that tell you the world, they're telling you the visible came from the visible. The Big Bang. Everything we see in the sky collided and formed everything that's here. Well, who put that first stuff up there? See, you're starting with, with, you don't start with a creator that brought it out forth from himself. You're starting with something already created and you're going to say creation created creation. That's not true. So, so things that we see came from what's not seen. It didn't come from nothing. That's another theory that they have about creation. Uh, ex nihilio is what they refer to it as. God created from nothing. Well, if he created from nothing, what's he? So if God was there, everything else was there. Because it came out of him. The earth, the stars, the moon, all of that was inside of God. And he began to speak it out and the Holy Spirit began to manifest it. You got me? What's in your imagination? Amen. Miss Vicki, you and Brother Ron, how many children you have? Three. They came from out of your, your imagination to have three children. So they were inside of you. Hey, I like this God. See, we're made in his image. You can do the same things he did. And to a certain degree, he allows you to bring them to pass. You have the natural ability to create children. So you just conjure up in your mind or your thoughts, your imagination, what you want. huh? What you want them to look like. When you want them to be born. All that kind of stuff. They spring forth from your vision, imagination, where God allows it. Now what he won't allow us to do is to create. So you're building on go forth, be fruitful, and multiply. So that word's already working in you. Amen? So you're just agreeing with God's word. But he allows you to do it. He allows you the freedom to do it through your own imagination. Amen? So we're not creators. He is. But he creates from what's within inside of him. We have no, that's why we never know the breadth, the depth, the height, the love of God. He's so deep, you know. The song says so deep, you can't get under him, so wide, you can't get around him. Just got to worship him. Amen. That's all that's left to worship him. But we're allowed. Isn't that amazing? That's wonderful that God entrusts to us multiplying the earth. Amen. Amen. So, so we create, or we, we really don't create. We really affirm what's already on the inside of us. So if God had not released the, 
ability to be fruitful and multiply, we could never do that. But not just with natural seed, you can do it with everything else in your life. You can do it with your finances. You can do it with your property. You can do it, you can do it with anything that he puts in your hands. The multiplication and increase factor works every time you use your faith. Amen. So God allows us to do those things with his permission. So verse six says also, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must first believe that he exists, that God's real. Amen. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. So you little Christian carnal, no, your carnal sinner friends or whoever questioning you about God. If they'll begin to diligently seek him, that's when they get rewarded with understanding and answers. Amen. It's not like, you know, yeah, you can pray for me. Tell God I want to win the lottery or something stupid like that. Well, why would you want to gain the whole world and lose your soul? You saved yet? Let's let's get first things first here. Amen. (laughs) Once you get salvation, you don't care about the lottery. Amen. So, okay. So he says here, um, but without faith is impossible to please him. Because he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them. That diligently seek him. Amen. So he's a rewarder of them that diligently. So faith, using your faith will cause you to get a reward. Amen. You always get a reward from using your faith. First John 5. Let me see what that one says. I'll find it real quick for you. First John 5 and verse 14, it says, and this is the confidence that we have in you. So faith is confidence, amen. Substance, assurance, confidence, all that's faith. This is the confidence that we have in him. And see, this is the power of praying the word. See, this is where all of your study of the word, your meditation on the word, your thanking God for things, this is is the payoff because it builds confidence in you. So faith and evidence of faith is your confidence in what you are are standing for. You know, your confidence in what you're you're believing God for. Is God going to prosper your business? Oh, yes, he is. I am confident of this very thing. Amen. That he's going to prosper us whatever we set our hands to. Amen. He's not impressed with somebody's business. Business. Uh, get your own business. But anyway, so you have confidence. So faith, when you have asked God in faith, he gives you that confidence. It said, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, anything, according to his will, he hears us. Now, why is that important? He likes the sound of his own voice. Coming out of his kids. Amen. Amen. You know the little family discussions. They 
parents say, well, who he sound like to you? He sound like, no, he sound like you, baby. No, he sound like you. You know, they're, they're looking for that familiarity, that kinship, that, that family connection. Because when he hears you as a son or daughter, you know what that translates into? A release of your inheritance. Huh? That's the reason for kinship with God, is to receive inheritance. Amen? You watch some of these families of rich people. When the parents start getting up in age, they start jockeying for who he likes the best. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll go over and see how dad's doing. Now I'm going to go see how dad's Now I'm going to go see how dad's doing. Everybody check it in. Why? Because the inheritance is imminent. Amen? Amen. It's at the door. So they think. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So he hears us. That's what you want. You want to be heard by God. Just like Esther in, in, uh, the king. You know, did he, did he point the scepter at her? That scepter means you got it, baby. Amen. You will not be denied. So when you have access by faith and you use God's word, you won't be denied. Amen. He heard you. He heard you. And it says here, and if we know he heard us, whatever we ask, we know we have what it is that we ask for. He don't care what it is. What you need. Whenever kings would, 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 uh, um, entertain people's requests, the limit was half the kingdom. Whatever you want, and then some, up to half the kingdom. Amen? It's yours. That's why we as humans get real extravagant with our words and our promises. We start spouting off, won't give, every, they promise you every part of the sun and the moon. Amen? <laughs> because it's theirs to give, I guess, up to half their kingdom. And so we need to know that once God hears us and he always hears his word, when we come to him and pray the word, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, we know we have the petitions that we request no matter how large. Look at some of the things God has done through the prayers that we've prayed here. And we pray the word. People have gotten healed off the health prayer. Amen. They prospered off the finance prayer. The prayers where we take authority and, and bring it into things like human trafficking and child kidnapping. You see God releases people from this captivity and bondage. So we're just praying the word here. We know things God doesn't allow in his kingdom. And we're bringing kingdom authority down here on earth with his word. Amen. What could be simpler? We don't need to see visions of who the strong man is over nothing. You got me? Now, if you want to do that, do that in your own time, but we pray the word here. You got me? We're not interested in nothing here and nothing there. Amen. Not that none of that's wrong all the time, but it's more wrong than it is right. You know, if you pray the word, you'll get better results if you do it consistently. And don't keep 
looking for something different all the time. Just be, it takes discipline to keep going to God time after time after time with the same declaration, with the same prayer, with the same, but it's his word, his word never changes, he never changes. And he hears us every time we pray, but we do it mainly to hit the atmosphere with what's coming. Amen. Look out, devils, because it's coming. Amen. There's no doubt about it. It's coming. Amen. So you, you're you addressing principalities and powers mostly and giving them the manifold wisdom of God. Because they hard to hear and they stupid and they forget. So you got to wake up the devil every day and tell him what's what. Amen. And that's really mostly what it's about. Amen. And declaring the glory of God to manifest. Amen. So, um, so we're back to Hebrews 11. Where was I? So we talked about him rewarding those that diligently seek him. Okay. So by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, he obeyed and he went out not knowing where he went and when he would get where he was going. That's faith. Amen. When you can just step out and obey God and not see anything of what you just declared is yours, that's faith. So, so faith causes us to obey God. Amen. That, that nudging inside of you that tells you do this, do that, go here, though, go there, that is faith talking to you, leading you and guiding you. Amen. In verse 11, it says through faith, also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child. So God does a complete job. What you conceive by faith, if you plant that seed, it will manifest. Amen. Healing seed, prosperity seed, marriage seed, family seed, children's seed, whatever it is you desire from God will manifest once that's planted. And she was delivered of a child when she was past age because what? Her faith judged him faithful. Her faith matched his. So she was able to judge him faithful based on the faith that he had put in her already. She had seen God do things for them. She saw where God never failed and where he was still encouraging them to go a little bit further with him to receive the promise that they they kind of had botched up in the past, but God will bring it back again. And see, that should get a hallelujah out of you because you don't disqualify yourself from bad behavior. Amen? You can botch it up as many times as you botch it up, but God still has it for you. Amen? And so she judged him faithful. So faith takes you past age and time. It's not contingent on age and time. It will take you past that. It transcends time. It's ageless. Amen. And it's superior to time. In fact, your faith will drag time along with it if it needs to. Because it did that with Abraham and Sarah. Amen. It turned back time. Unwound the clock. Replaced in them everything that time had diminished. Amen. Because faith paints a picture for you of your life. And if some of the picture is frayed and, and faded and out of sorts, 
faith will replace all of that with new stuff. Amen. Because that picture was taken, if that picture of Abraham and Sarah having children was taken when they were young, then faith brought that back the way it was supposed to be even after all the the ravages of time and what time has done. So you can't be afraid to dream. You can't be afraid to pray. Don't be afraid to use your faith for the things you desire. Because it will bring with it what it needs to bring for you. Amen. Look at Zechariah and Elizabeth. Your prayer has been heard. He's going, what prayer? Huh? <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? Amen. <laughs> but he, he brought back. And they rejoiced when their son was born. Everybody rejoiced with them. Amen. It established them again in the community. They got their old reputation back. Amen. And so it, it will do those things. It will do those things for you. So faith takes you past age and time, redeems and transcends time, and is superior to time. Amen? Amen. Uh, verse 20, just giving you some, some highlights about faith here. All right. So verse 20 says that by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, Concerning things to come. So faith will lead, form a pathway that leads to a future. Amen. It will form a future blessing. It's good to always speak to, you know, your, your family, your situation, speak to, to what God has in store for you. Not for what's going on right now. You know, you, you know, this is going on right now and, and I see that, but God has planned X for us. We're going toward that. So your faith always leads to blessings in the future. Amen. Always bless your family, bless your children, speak to their potential, speak to their, you know, by faith, by, by the faith of God, speak what God says for you to speak over them. Amen. And, and always do it in a way where your faith is being released. You know, um, you know, I know sometimes parents can get frustrated and say, well, we didn't raise you to do this. Well, that's not prophesying to their faith. There's no, they had no faith in that. You just wish they didn't do stuff. But, but always speak to their future. You find out what their, their dreams are and encourage that and, and pray toward that and, and release God's word. And, and that'll secure the future blessing for them. Amen. It, it will do it. And that blessing's never canceled. It'll be stored up to them for them forever. Amen. All right. In verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, that means old man, amen, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So when he got old enough, he he left Pharaoh's household. It says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. So he was heir to an Egyptian fortune. Amen. The Bible says he was mighty in word and deed. He was not a stutterer. (laughs) 
I just refuse to go along with any tradition. You guys show me in the Bible where it says he stuttered. You look in the book of Acts, it says he was mighty in word and deed. When he told God he could not speak, that says, literally it says I can't speak, so that means he's mute. But that wasn't true either. So there's must be something more to him. The way the King James translated it cannot cannot speak. But what he was lacking in was the language of the Hebrew people. And what did God do to remedy that? He said, I'll give you Aaron. And Aaron had grown up as a Hebrew. So he was, Aaron was fluent. So you get the first preacher that gets his own translator. Amen. So you you find somebody who's familiar with the native language, amen, and you get them to translate for you. And Aaron always went with him because God instructed him to. So when Moses had to speak to Pharaoh, they both were able to speak that Egyptian language. You understand what I'm saying? So where Moses was lacking, Aaron made up the difference. Moses was concerned that when I go to the, the Hebrew people, they're not going to want to follow me. I'm the enemy. So Aaron was there to defuse things and give credibility to Moses with the Hebrew people. He did not stutter. God can fix stuttering like that. Come on, that's no problem. Come on, y'all. Just, just stay with it, okay? But he said he forsook Egypt. He would have been a wealthy, he was the son of Pharaoh's daughter, amen? So he was Egyptian royalty already. So he let go of one crown to humble himself to be with his own people, the people that God had chosen him to lead, amen? So it says here, where are we at in verse 20, yeah, 4 and 25. So by faith, we refuse what the world has to offer. And we can accept God's best at any cost. Amen. No matter what it costs you to say yes to God, you say yes to God. Because he will recompense you more. Amen. Moses went on to, to lead a people that they never thought would be a people and be as successful as they were. And he did it for God. Amen. He did it all for the Lord. He did deliver his people, which was what he wanted to do from the beginning. So he was chosen as their deliverer. Amen. Um, in verse 33, faith by faith, through faith. Um, verse 32, what shall we say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all of the prophets who through faith did what? Subdued kingdoms. Your faith does that. When you pray against principalities and powers, your faith is moving them out of the way. Amen. Wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, all that your faith does all that if you use your mouth for the right way when you're not feeling well well i'm strong let the weak say i am strong let the poor say i'm rich let the sick say i'm well amen amen because you are 
they were valiant in fight turned to flight the armies of aliens. We turn back the armies of Satan when we use our faith. That little seed of faith that we think is not doing anything. See, if the enemy can think you, you keep you thinking your faith is not doing anything, he's got you. You want to go off and do it your, the old way that didn't get you anywhere anyway. But it's amazing how that confidence in the old man will rise up again when we think we hit a wall. But when your faith hits something that it can't move, what do you do? Go get, go back and get more faith. Cause where that came from, the rest will come from too. Amen? Or maybe that's as far as your faith is to take you right now. Just begin to worship God and thank God. Thank Him. That is you. Well, devil, you, I hit a wall with this right now. It's not here yet, but it's mine anyway. Amen. You gotta let it go. It's mine anyway. Amen. Let go of it today, tonight, tomorrow. You can't keep it longer than you're supposed to though. Amen. Because it's mine. And this is how we approach this natural realm with our faith. You know that that faith is going to work for you at some point. At some point that breakthrough will come. At some point that daylight will, will break forth. Amen. It's going to happen. And, and declare it now. It's mine now. I'm through this, this difficulty now. You know, I'm going to hit this thing again. It, you know, this wall may be here. It may seem impenetrable now, but it will crumble. I'm going to hit it again. Amen. Devil is coming down. And that's the final word on that thing. Amen. Your resistance is not the final word. The final word is you coming down in Jesus name. You won't, you won't stay here forever. In fact, you leave now. Amen. Always leave him with a now hit on his head. Amen. Pop him on the head with a now on the way out. Amen. <laughs> so our faith is able to subdue kingdoms. Kingdoms of darkness and, and, and release works of righteousness. Amen. So your faith will subdue anything that comes against it. Cause the greater one lives in you. He that is in you is greater than he is in the world. You gotta keep believing that. Amen. You gotta keep believing that. So God wants us always to use our faith. So hopefully that's incentive. <laughs> for you to use your faith. It's not some little small thing. It may start out as a seed, but it won't be a seed always because it can increase to the place where God can use it for whatever purpose he, he has for you. How much time do I have? Oh, my goodness. We can sit do a kingdom in 10 minutes. <laughs> do a lot in 10 minutes. Turn to Mark chapter 2. We'll talk a little bit about faith and how how it it increases how it increased for these these uh these men mark chapter 2 will start in verse 1 and again he began to enter capernaum after some days and it was noise that he was in the house amen he was in the house amen <laughs> and right away Many were gathered together. See, Jesus had no problem drawing a crowd. He could, he could 
uh, teach many or he could teach few. Amen? That's for all those preachers that believe God's only interested in big numbers. Amen? What do you do for the little people? Amen? And right away, many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room for them to come in at the door. And he preached the word to them. And they came to him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was carried by four. And when they could not come near to him for the press at the door, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And Jesus, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the, the sick man, son, your sins are forgiven. We'll skip the part of the Pharisees because they don't mean nothing. Jesus just kept doing what he was doing. He'd stop to rebuke them a little bit, but that was it. Um, and he says, I'm doing this. He said, why do you reason these things in your hearts? Verse 8, whether it's easier to say. I love that. It's like anything I tell him will heal him. <laughs> Amen. He says, your sins are forgiven, but or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins. So he told the, the man, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go your way into your house. So you have an instance here of where sin and condemnation have kept this man sick. So you need to know that Jesus forgives. This, this is... Um, John, first John, amen. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. Um, it, and also, uh, where you call for the elders of the church. And if they've committed any sins, they are forgiven. After the prayer of faith, anointing with oil, of course he forgives your sins in, in, in order to get you healed. And so this is, is God's standard for healing. When you come to him, he deals with whatever it is negative that's hindering your healing. He's not doing it to make you look bad, call you names, accuse you. Or condemn you. He's doing it to make you 100% well. Because there are people that will grab a healing when the anointing's high. And then don't understand that you got to live in a way that's going to keep you well. You see what I'm saying? And so that's a package deal. He would rather straighten that out from the beginning than to have you limping around wondering why you keep losing your healing all the time. Amen. You know, I've seen that happen to people. They'll, they'll. You know, they'll leave our, there was a woman came in a wheelchair, came on the bus in a wheelchair. She was able to walk a little bit, but she was very weak. She had cancer. And when she left, she was pushing the wheelchair. Nobody was in it. She left the healing school, but unfortunately passed away about six weeks later. Because she went back into her household of unbelief. You'll get it later. <laughs> but you get healed in an atmosphere. you got to stay in that atmosphere in order to sustain that. You can't take it back to, you know, kids hollering at you. you got to take care of your grandkids and they leaving the babies there with you and you're sick anyway. That's what was in her household. It was not an atmosphere 
of faith. In fact, she, I think she might have been the only believer. Kids didn't serve God. It was, it was going to be a tough one. She didn't know how to shut herself off and stay with God and get her healing, you see. And so, trust me, happens. That's why God wants us to stay where we're supposed to, to be. And so, in verse 2, though, I just want to point out to you a few things. Jesus preached the word, and so faith comes out as he's preaching the word. And, and faith comes by hearing. So this young man is outside the door, and he's got a certain level of faith outside the door. So this is us when we first start on our journey for whatever it is that we need. We, we get inspired, we get encouraged, our faith gets turned on, we, we want what we hear being preached. Amen. And so once you want what you hear being preached, then you have to stay in that place of hearing until you get the whole thing. And so he couldn't get through that door for all the people who were standing around, but he got enough faith to really want to be healed. Amen. And this is something that happens with us many times. See, this, this press at the door represents all of the noise that's coming against your, your faith that's trying to be deposited in your heart. When you first hear the word, you think to yourself, wow, I can really, I can really get that. And, and then there's so many voices that are pushing you back and discouraging you. See, that's the press at the door of faith, the door of opportunity to get your, your promise. As the Bible, Paul said, there are great, great door of opportunity is opened up to me to preach, but at the door of many adversaries. See, these are, they're adversaries at the door. Nah, go back. You can't get in here. Man, where are you going at that? You can't even walk, bro. You can't get, you understand what I'm saying? You can't get up in here and receive this because you're not qualified. So the first door that you get to will be a door if you don't watch yourself. You can think that God is saying no. Got me? And you may turn around discouraged. We've we did buses to Benny Hinn, and there were more people getting on the bus coming home discouraged and not encouraged about getting their healing because they didn't get it the first time they looked, they reached out for it. You got me? If you could encourage them to continue to believe God, you know, and just let people know that that's not the end of their story. You, you will get it at some point. Amen. So don't take the first door, the press at the door, the adversaries as an an, a no answer from God. It's always a yes answer from God. You say yes and amen to all what he's already granted you. Amen. So as he preaches the word, there is enough faith to heal anybody anywhere coming forth out of him as he preaches. He was a perfect preacher. So there's faith going out to be healed to everybody that's there. Amen. You need to know that whenever you go to a public assembly or or something like that, the religious always flock to those meetings. I don't care if they don't have a job. They're going to get money to get to a, a spiritual meeting and they're going to go first class and have a 
the best of everything and be sitting up there on the front row on that seat where the reason they, they had special wheelchair sections for the preachers who were smart and they put people who in wheelchairs at the front is because they know they're going to get crushed by a bunch of people who don't believe. They're just spectators and critics. Amen. And want to be seen on television when they know it's televised. So that press represents a lot of unbelief that will keep you from receiving what God has for you. Amen. So it takes a certain amount of faith to even show up to receive what God has for you. So that's a step of faith in itself. If you don't allow yourself to be discouraged and continue to press in. So breaking up the tile from the roof of a house that doesn't belong to you. Your faith will do that. See, in, in the natural, it might be illegal. But in the realm of the spirit, it's perfectly legal. In fact, it's the way. You see how many illegal moves the Holy Ghost had people make to get their healing. The woman with the issue of blood. The lepers. You know, faith is the great equalizer. Whatever your faith is telling you to do is legal in God's kingdom. Amen. It's legal in the realm of heaven. And God will take care of the rest. Amen. That probably ain't the first time that man's roof been towed up. He probably had some parties up in there that broke everything. So we're not talking about some great, oh, I can't. Uh, uh, uh. You do what you need to do to get to the master. Amen. People have had to leave dead churches to go get a healing at a place that was live. Their pastor preach, get up and preach against the person you got to go see. Amen. That's another press at the door. So you got to overcome a lot of stuff that would tell you, you're talking about bringing heaven down here on earth. This is not not something that won't be fought. So the devil fights fights this at every every single turn. Amen. You need to have faith to come nearer and nearer to Jesus. That's what you're doing. When you take a step of faith, you're coming closer to the master. Every step is closer to your answer. Every step is closer to your manifestation. Every step. But you got to be willing to take the next step. And don't be discouraged. Amen. If you got to break up something, break something up. Amen. If you got to go somewhere somebody tells you not supposed to go, you go there. Amen. You do what you need to do. As long as your faith is leading you and taking you closer to the master. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for faith, our faith that moves mountains. And we believe it. In fact, we know it happens. We know there are many mountains that aren't where they used to be because of someone's faith, because of your faith in the mouth and the lips of believers. So, Lord, we thank you for everything that you're doing for us. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to use your faith, giving it to us as our permanent possession, our permanent endowment and empowerment. And, Lord, we honor you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen again. Praise God. Anybody needs prayer, come on up.